You're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys Show on WRSC with Big Chuck, Sackman, and Senor Diaz. How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRSC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. And like the intro said, you're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys Show. I got Senor Diaz to my left and Sackman right in front of me, and we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to start off talking a little NFL as we get closer to the draft coming this Thursday. Talk a little Bears. we got a fun game for you guys. After that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs and a little MLB if we have some time. Exactly. Let's start off with the big news that happened uh, earlier. Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the New York Jets officially. What was the package for him in that deal? There was a, there was a pick swap. The, uh, the Jets and the Packers, they swapped first-round picks. They got a second-round pick that becomes a first-round pick if Rodgers plays. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is gone, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care. I don't care if they gave up Joe Namath to get him. But he's gone. This is now the week where the fortunes of the Chicago Bears turn around. Rodgers is gone. Jameson Williams parlay hit. Kirk Cousins eats nothing but mayonnaise sandwiches. And now we got the draft. Ryan Poles is going to... Perform a masterpiece, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's happening. The Bears are back. Just in case you guys can hear that, he just ripped off his shirt. <laughs> I have another one. I'm prepared. <laughs> this is the best news we could have hoped for. He's, from, he's going to the AFC. We'll never see him again. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a win. Yeah, people are saying the Jets got fleeced, but they, they're now, the, in my opinion, the front runner for, to be the Super Bowl contender. With that defense... That run game, the receivers that they have, they're going to draft well. Joe Douglas is fantastic at drafting everything except quarterbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bears' time is now. We retake the North. I mean, so just in case you guys actually did care about actually what the Jets gave up, it was the pick swaps of the Packers went from 15 to 13, Jets went 13 to 15. Nothing. Basically, they kept the same pick. Yeah. Um, and then next year's first round pick is a conditional one. So it, Aaron Rodgers has to play 65% 65, of the games. Yeah. So he has to play in that many for it to be a first round pick. If it's not, it's a second round pick. And then it's a couple day two and day three picks. It's nothing. Um, you were saying that people were saying the Jets got fleeced. I was seeing stuff that was saying the Packers got fleeced. I'm personally yeah. in that camp. Yeah, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I saw, I just saw that on a bunch of Twitter made me go up from my desk at work. And then I just had to go take a poop after seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> My boss was not happy. <laughs> um, I mean, like, if you look at that, it's basically Aaron Rodgers got traded for a couple seconds and yeah. thirds and fourths. Like, I was, I was honestly surprised that the Packers had to give up their first round pick this year. I thought for sure they'd be able to get done with that deal with just the Jets giving up a first round pick. Why do you think the Packers had to give up that first round pick? They didn't have any leverage. Um, Aaron Rodgers said, okay, you either trade me or I retire. Either way, if you if I retire, you get nothing. So you can either take whatever they give you, or I'll just walk away and you get nothing. That's why. Mm-hmm. How long do you think Aaron Rodgers plays in New York? A couple of years. I'd say if everything goes well this year, I'd say two years. If it doesn't go too well, I think it's going to be his last year. Just in the league in yes. general? He retires? Yeah. He goes and has a Wakakuza tea farm or something. <laughs> Yeah, either way, he won't be going back to his family, so we know yeah, that. That's true. <laughs> I, I think if he has a 500 season, he'll play another year. If he has anything under that, it's retirement. And if he has a good season, like a really good season, 
then he'll play for like another two because he knows that he's got a young defense, a really good young defense. He's got you know Lazard there. Same defense. He's got a good run game. He has a decent line in front of him that they can add to to really help them. They're um, drafting a left tackle. But um, I feel like if he has an, a very good exceptional season, he'll play for about two more years, not including this one coming up. So, Do you feel that Aaron Rodgers makes the New York Jets a Super Bowl contender this year? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. By, by a margin. Their defense was still a top-five defense last year despite having the worst offense in the league. Like, think about what having a, just a decent offense would do to that defense. And, like, they were all second, first or second-year guys. So they're only going to get better. They're going to add a couple guys in the draft. They're, I mean, they've added to the receiving. But they got Lazard to help stabilize Rodgers. They have the rookie of the year, Elijah Wilson. They got uh, you know, Cody Davis. They got a couple solid tight ends. Uh, Brees Hall when he's back. But that Savion Bam Bam Knight was pretty good as a rookie. I mean, they're... They got everything. They just needed a quarterback. Yeah, and I, I definitely think Rodgers uh, is giving Mahomes a run for his money right now. Yeah. I, I honestly think so. Because, I mean, Mahomes is he's an amazing, an elite quarterback, but so is Aaron Rodgers. And he, Aaron Rodgers has proved that before, you know. With the, what, didn't he have two back-to-back MVP seasons? So, I mean, like, he's going to give... Mahomes a run for his money if they like ever come cross paths and I most most likely they will you know obviously but especially if Rodgers can take this team far enough and get his team on board of you know I have this vision and we need to stick to it and be that leader in that position I honestly think that that Jets team can be one of the teams to knock the Chiefs out yeah because you look at the Bills Bills got worse yeah Bengals they lost a few guys on defense but I think Bengals will still be there me right now, it's Chiefs, Jets, and Bengals, and everybody else. Um, you look at you look at the rest of. The, I mean, the AFC's loaded in quarterbacks. You got Mahomes, you got now you have Rodgers, you have Lamar, you have Burrow, you got Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. So Jets needed this big time, but I mean, this defense alone is a cha- Super Bowl caliber, and they're only going to get better. They're going to add one or two guys in the draft too. They're going to help. I mean, this Super Bowl is the limit for this team. This is all they need. This is their make-or-break year. And they have Robert Saylor leading them, so that makes me happy. And it it also – what plays into a factor with this team as well is come towards that, like, halfway mark, that all-star break – or all-star break, wow, that's funny. Um, By week. Yeah, yeah. Come that break when they have, like, all of the games beforehand and whatever or whenever they have those windows to really trade for people that they have their eye on the whole season, I feel like that's going to make or break their run too. You know, because if – obviously the first couple games, if they win, they win by luck. They're not going to win because they're good. I think he has to really – even though he has Lazard, he needs to mesh with everyone else, you know, because it's completely new. When in Green Bay he was there for – 12 plus years, you know. 18 years. 18, yeah, sorry. Um like he already knew what kind of system he was going into and obviously they got his system. They got a uh, they have his Broncos system. Head coach. Yeah, they yeah. they have Yeah, they have him there, right? But me I'm just talking about like a whole like player to player teammate type of vibe, you know. It's a completely new environment that yeah. he hasn't been in for 18 years. Exactly. So, and that's the thing that like I said, they're not going to win the first couple of games. And if they do, it's because luck or because he just stepped up to the plate and just they're really winning like. The, they're, they're the most talented team 
arguably in the AFC right now. I still they're think winning those team games by. I still think they're going to struggle, not by oh, a lot, right? They might struggle on offense. I agree with that. But yeah, that's where that. No, that defense, defense is going to carry. Yeah, no, yeah. the defense is going to carry them. The de- I, I, I have complete faith in that. But that Even offense is going to struggle. It's five times better than their offense last year. Yeah, definitely, because he adds a Zach Wilson. Anything's better than Zach Wilson. Zach yeah. Wilson is just their sources around the league where all the D, that every DB coach, every D coordinator's exact words were. All the DBs, all the linebackers, just drop to death, depth, and that MFR will throw it to you. That was the exact quotes that they said in the press conference that the players were saying. And they did. And that's what happened. And they couldn't, towards the end of the year, they couldn't run the ball. But now, you know, they're going to revamp the whole offensive line. They get Elijah Vera Tucker back. They get Mekhi Beckton back. They draft left tackle. They re-signed Connor McGovern. They let Nate Herbig go. I, they have two good blocking tight ends. This team's taking off. This, they're gonna, finally going to break their longest playoff drought in all of pro sports right now. It's going to happen. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I was, we were talking about Zach Wilson a little bit here. Um, do you? I wanted to ask about this 2021 QB class. It had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Sheesh. It also had Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Sheesh. Is that a good class or is it a bad class? I think the... Trevor, I think it's a good class if you take out Wilson. Even with Trey Lance? I mean, the reports came out that nobody really wanted him when they were shopping him on the market. It was literally teams were saying no. No one wanted him, but I feel like he just didn't have enough time to play. He got hurt, you know, and he got hurt early and young, right? So it's very hard to say that it's a bad QB draft class, you know, but if you take out Say those guys never got drafted there, it would it's a perfect draft class because Trevor Lawrence stepped up to the plate with Doug Peterson, and you know Fields, Fields is developing truth. and he's like the number one guy, probably not out of that draft class because Trevor Lawrence kind of had a better baller season than him, um, but yeah, like I, if you take out those two, it's a good draft class. But with that, with those two in there, it's kind of like a mixed feelings, like a fifty fifty type of thing because. Lance got hurt. Wilson's just garbage, and he he has a mouth on him, but he just he can't play. He can't. Suppose Aaron Rodgers is now going to be in hell in every day in practice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, this this draft class is for me. It's still to be determined because we still don't even know what Trey Lance really even is. I I never understood why teams were so high on him. He didn't play his senior year because of COVID. He only started one year in college, and it was at the FCS level. I don't, really don't know what made it so impressive. Like, he had good stats, but he's playing North Dakota State where they have three offensive linemen get drafted every year, and they have the most dominant run game we've ever seen. I mean, the big the big thing was is that Carson Wentz got drafted a few years before that, and he was an MVP candidate for a couple of years. And teams were like, well, that's good enough for me to trust everybody that comes out of North Dakota the State. The thing with him was at least he started multiple years. Lance, since, since his senior year of high school, has started, like, 12 games, including the ones for the 49ers. I never understood that. I never understood the hype around Zach Wilson. I thought everyone, all they did was just talk about Zach Wilson, the pro day, the, the throws that he can make. All I thought about was when, not to be biased, but when he played my Coast Carolina Chanticleers, that was the number, best team, the best defense they played all year that year. They, that, the Chanticleers, they had uh, Jeffrey Gunner, who got drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals, 
Deshaun Jackson. Teron Jackson. Sorry. <laughs> Draft, Deshaun, Phil, Deshaun Jackson's a little still current. Yeah, still currently a <laughs> member of the Eagles. They had Silas Kelly, who's in the XFL, and C.J. Brewer, who's on the Bills in 2022, but now is the starting nose tackle for the Houston Rooks. So they had legitimate talent on that defense. But Jordan Strong was also on the defense. He's going to get drafted this year in the sixth, seventh round. And he went out there, and he completed barely completed 50% of his passes, 170 yards, two turnovers. And, like, we saw what he does now with the Jets. He just runs around. He just throws it up, just throws it up, throws it up. I, I just never understood the hype of him. He's small. He's not that big. He's Mormon Manziel. You look at the play style. Look at the type of kid. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the personalities. Honestly, it's all very. He's similar. kind of a weird guy. You listen to him talk. He's like, Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just playing ball. Uh, you know, I'm gonna work hard this off season to get better. That's what he sounds. It's, it's weird. I mean, you kind of you kind of saw it with his demeanor even when they posted the video a while back when. All of the, like, top, I think it was top five or top ten people who got taken in that draft, like, he wasn't like the rest of them. You know, he was in a plain suit. Everyone else was flashy. He was looking around like he didn't belong. That one video where he's, it's like him and four other dudes, he was very uncomfortable. Yeah. He's never been in that type of environment, if you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) He was very, very uncomfortable. It was not Dax mine and... Joel, break Freeland and all the guys. It was like it was like Jameson Williams. BYU got to him. It was like, we're not in Utah anymore, buddy. He was like, that moment there, I was like, yeah, he's not going to be able to command an NFL locker room. Yeah, like he was ready to play NFL ball, but as a quarterback, not as a starting quarterback. And I feel like, obviously, from that video, but from like how you said, like his demeanor and his like personality and everything like he's just not he's not there you know like he's just there to make his life a living hell you know whoever they bring in like he's just that annoying guy who's just gonna be like oh like i'm better than you type of thing like i got picked in top five top ten whatever like you know but like like second said he's just not ready to lead a locker room he's not i don't think he was ready to play either they kind of the jets They've done this to their past 10 quarterbacks. They rushed him on the field when he wasn't ready. They had Mike, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, sorry. Elmhurst legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could tell it was an Elmhurst alum coaching the offense. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. Like, through two years of watching, like, I really, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish on offense. Because, like, it wasn't the 49ers run game that, that's where he came from. It wasn't that. It wasn't we're going to do play action and, you know, boot and make it easier for him. It was like, what are they trying to accomplish? Are they going to be a shotgun running team? Are they going to be under center? Are they using the tight ends that they paid all the money for? They're not. That, I feel, did not help. I feel Mike LaFerre did not do a good job developing him. So I, I feel it's not all on him, but it's he just hasn't worked out. At the same time, Mike White is Mike White, and he somehow made that work in a yeah. couple games. Like, it's not like, yes, Mike LaFerre didn't do his best job, but at the same time, you can make that system work if you're a good quarterback. Mike White is going to stay around in the league for a long time now because he was able to make that work. They might have to play place. him this year. Exactly. Tua, God bless Tua, but if he falls on that head again, it's over for him. His career, yeah, not just the season. It's, Mike White's going to start some games for the Dolphins this year. It's just going to happen. I love Tua. He's, he's just very, very injury prone. Yeah, and you saw what he said when he came out with it, like, 
he came up with a statement saying like I really considered about retirement this and that and but I wanted to show my son this and that I don't think he should have a story like Agent McCarran about oh I want to I want to have my boys see me play I think it should be more about watching his son grow up without head damage you know and I I think health comes over anything and I think he's still young and he's already got the money I think he should honestly just step away maybe go coach um you know as he gets older but I think like Saka said if he falls on that head one more time or takes a nasty hit bro he might be done like and and that's the scary part you know because one wrong hit one wrong and especially and it's not even the initial hit it's the hit that you do when you hit the field and hit again you know like that's what that's what kills people more concussions you have the easier it is to get a concussion yeah so like he really needs to take into consideration not even about playing the game but like living after the game you know and like like he said like if one more hit like that and that's just an over and then mike white obviously is their guy but that's not something you want to have to think about but that's something that he should take into consideration, you know, because it's a major health thing that has been going on for years throughout the game, you know? Let's, let's move back to the Packers and Jets a little bit. I want to talk about the <clears throat> Packers. What do you think their direction is now after losing Aaron Rodgers? What, what is this team going to look like this season, and then what's it going to look like for the next five years? This year, I don't think they're, they're going to be very good at all. I think 7-10, and 6-11. I mean, they lost Robert Tiny, their best tight end. They lost Alan Lazard, their number one wide receiver. They lost their Hall of Fame quarterback, and now they have Jordan Love. We don't know what he is other than that one half where he just threw hitches to Christian Watson. He's looked terrible. I don't know. I don't understand this whole hype chain around Jordan Love. Through every other preseason game, regular season game where he got in, he has not looked good at all. He throws four hitches. And slants to Christian Watson, and Christian Watson runs 50 yards, and all of a sudden, next Hall of Fame quarterback. Here we go. They did it. They did it again. Another Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't understand where this is coming from. He has some potential. He has good arm strength. He has. He can make you know the off-platform Mahomes-type throws. He's been sitting behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for the past couple of years. Like he's been learning from him. I'm just not seeing it. I honestly don't think he took in any type of like information or anything that. Uh, Rogers did at all? Do you think that's of his fault or of I think Aaron Rodgers' fault? I think that's mainly his fault because he was he was probably. I feel like when Love came in, he was so like airheaded and like stubborn. Like, oh, I'm gonna start over this guy, you know. And that's how all young quarterbacks come in, right? But I feel like he took it to a whole other level with like he's gonna be gone in a few years I'm gonna do my own thing I'm gonna run this team once he's gone and I feel like he let that happen he he kind of let that set in because like you said all he threw was hitches and Watson made him look good right we have yet to see him have a performance how Rodgers would you know and I'm not trying to compare them because there is no comparison between the two I but mean, yeah yeah he hasn't had that type of chant like uh game but also he hasn't had the chance like he's only had a half of football basically yeah. like i feel like you can't you can't count him out just based on like his personality yes that's not that's a pretty good indicator of how a person is going to be but aaron Rodgers isn't really the best guy and he's like i said one of the best quarterbacks of all time so i think like 
yes, personality is a big deal, but at the same time, you have to give the person a chance. Yeah. You can't count them out after one appearance in the hardest level of football there is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm well, not counting them out. He has 17 games to prove that, right? Mm-hmm. Not only to prove it to the fan base, but the company doesn't really care about the fan base's reaction. The company cares about what he's doing on the field. And that's just what it comes down to. Like, the organization wants to know if he can win them games. And in the end, it's a business. So that's what it really comes down to. I just, I don't, in the one start he had against the Chiefs, that was a disaster. In the half, the entire half he had against the Detroit Lions, week 18, when the Lions were resting everybody in the 2021 season, he did not look good. But at the same time, you can't put too much stock into it. Coming out of college, his concern was that he was just kind of raw. He was basically, as I said, he's African-American Trubisky. He has all the same flaws Trubisky had. Do I think he has a little bit more arm talent than Trubisky? Yes, I do. But that's coming out. That's who everyone compared him to, was Mitch Trubisky. Everyone thought, oh, maybe the Bears could draft Jordan Love in the third round and have him compete with Trubisky. <laughs> back, back in March 2020 when everyone was at home and they were just writing articles just to write saying, articles. Saying whatever they felt like because yes. they had nothing better to yes. do. Yes, that's when we thought Nick Foles was going to lead us to the Super Bowl. Well, it was that it's, era. It's every quarterback that the Bears signed we think is yeah, going to lead yeah, us. Yeah. Mike Glennon was supposed to be the same oh. with the franchise too. Come on now. But that's who they compared him to. Now, what I think is really going to hurt Jordan Love is everything is crumbling around him. They have to revamp their tight end room now because Tanyan's gone. Mercedes Lewis is 40. Ancient. <laughs> He's an old man. He's a dinosaur. They lost Lazard. Bakhtiari is probably going to retire after Bakhtiari this season. didn't have much left. Sammy Watkins is gone. Romeo Dobes, oh. I don't really know, know what we got with him. Watson can be good, but I feel like Watson's kind of more just relies on his athleticism than he is a pure receiver. Because you look at all his big plays, it was just him just outrunning people mm-hmm. and yeah. jump balls. Even when he did that, there was times where he dropped, past, yeah. dropped passes too and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that when that window comes to make trades, teams like pick for him, because they like, like, like he said, he relies on that athleticism, like, and that can be a huge part for other teams, you know. Because I like Christian Watson. I want the Bears to draft him, but I don't think he's gonna be. He's always he's gonna be like a clowny. He where he always he has all the tools and everything. He, he's like that one year away type of guy. Yeah, he's always constantly. He's, he's one always. Year away. Oh, he had an absolute dominant stretch, but then he hurt his hamstring. He was out four weeks, and then it derailed his season. And then, oh, he had a great season, but everyone was hyping up. But he only had like a thousand yards, that type of guy. And then I feel like I feel like Lafleur is on the hot seat personally, because he didn't win a title when we had all that. And the Packers they don't mess around. And you have one bad. Look what they did, to Mike McCarthy. They lost against Josh Rosen Cardinals, and they they fired him two hours after the game. <laughs> well, I would fire anybody that lost to Josh Rosen. Still, he only had he, only, he had. <laughs> Yeah, 2017 where Rodgers was hurt half the year and they went 9-7, missed the playoffs. And then they were kind of, mm, the next year, then they fired him. So I feel if LaFleur doesn't make playoffs this year, I, th- I think they could fire him. I would not be surprised. Those aren't good situations for a young quarterback, inexperienced quarterback to be around. And plus, to be honest, he's going to be rusty. He hasn't played since 2019. I was a 205-pound freshman. <laughs> Oh my gosh! He hasn't he hasn't played four years. We'll see. I don't. know. They have a lot of unknowns right now. Of course, they didn't add anyone in free agency as they never do. 
they're going to have to absolutely smack this draft out of the park. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on and let's talk about the draft a little bit. Uh, starting with quarterbacks, um, getting closer to draft here, like I said, it's on Thursday. Um, we've seen a lot of shakeup in the quarterback, you know, prediction, mock draft boards, whatever you are looking at. It's been a little bit of a shakeup. Exactly. After these past couple weeks, since we've talked about our own mock draft, what would you have as your quarterback ranking right now? For me personally, my quarterback rankings are Bryce Young at number one. He's the best quarterback in this draft. He's just a little small. It's the only thing. If he was six two, he would be basically as surefire as a number one overall pick as Trevor Lawrence was. So I got him. I got Stroud. I think Stroud's a very good player. I think he's getting the Justin Fields treatment right now. For whatever reason, he's sliding down boards. And whenever they show highlights of him, it's him running, which is really weird because he doesn't run. Yeah. So I have him at number two. At number three, I have Anthony Richardson just because of the pure just athleticism, specimenness, and just potential. After that, I have Hendon Hooker. I think if he just didn't tear his ACL, he'd be, he'd be up there. And then at number five, I have Will Levis. Six. I'll just do top six. Yeah. I'd say personally, I would put Dorian Thompson Robbins. I think he's maybe the most slept-on quarterback in this draft. I really don't know why he's not rated that high. He's got the experience. He's lo- I thought he was good. I thought he was like a Kyler Murray size. He's six two. He has the production. Um, I mean, he's played. Yeah, Chip Kelly's not the best coach, but at least he produced a couple quarterbacks in, that went to the NFL. Mariota, Dennis Dixon, some decent pedigree. Uh, and he, you know, he was a guy that rebuilt the program. So I don't really know why he's. I have, I have him a lot higher than everyone else. I think he should be like a second, third round pick type of guy. But yeah, that's who I have as my top six quarterbacks. Josh, what would you have first? Um, I'd probably do Stroud first, Bryce second, Richardson third, DTR four, Levis five, and then why am I blinking? Hooker? Yeah, hook no no no. Hooker five, Levis six. Um, oh, I think it's pretty obvious Stroud and Young are one and two. On yeah. That yeah. I I still am in this belief that neither one of them going first. I think Anthony Richardson's going first. I think there's just – he has, like, this ceiling that people are going to be salivating at. Yes. And I don't know if, like, he's going to reach that ceiling, but I think there's just something where, like, he's one of those guys that every team's like, we shouldn't take him, but if we don't take him and we miss on him, and he ends up being that good as people think he can be, it could be like a franchise changer. So teams are going to be, you know, gambling at him, I feel like. That's what I feel. So I think he's my number three, too, like you guys had him. I am not high on Hendon Hooker at all. I don't think he'd be in my top six, personally. His footwork is a little iffy. He moves in the pocket, it's iffy. He doesn't move in the pocket is the issue. It's kind of weird. And the the other big thing with him that I've, like, been seeing a lot and reading about a lot is that – He's very bad at making a second read. Yeah. He's very robotic where he just stares down his first read, and if he can't get that one, it's hard for him to make a play. Alex Johnson? <laughs> yeah, I just pick, I picked him over Levis just because of the straight productivity, just because I feel Levis has his own issues, and at least if they both have issues, I'm taking the guy that gave me production. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know Levis is up there too. I mean, 
honestly, Hendon Hooker went out up probably just being my six just because out of that. But I, I like Malik Cunningham too. I think he has a lot of upside. I think he's a guy that could be competitive. He's kind of like in that DTR range for yeah. me is where I would put him. This dra- QB draft class is so deep. It really like, the it's a guys, lot of guys that are who have potential getting drafted in the sixth, seventh round. It's like Stetson Bennett, the most dominant playoff quarterback ever. Max Duggan, who just led his team to the national championship. That was going to be my last guy in my top six is Max Duggan. Yeah. I think he has a really high He's seat. going to the Cowboys. Yeah. You watch. Dak, one more year, buddy. Uh-huh. Jerry Jones is putting his boy <laughs> Duggan in there. From Texas, Texas Christian University. He's a, he's a better Cooper Rush. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way redhead dude out there, white redhead dude, yeah. get him in there. I just realized that. I like the way Max Duggan throws the ball. I like the way he runs the I can just see it right now. I, I can see Jerry Jones breaking that uh, that streak because the Cowboys right now have the longest streak for consistent quarterback and Dak's that guy for them right now. And I get like like you said, I can see Jerry Jones doing that. If they take Duggan, I can definitely see them breaking he's that. If he's around in the fourth round, he's taken. And then you have like guys like Malik Cunningham, DTR, very productive. Like it's insane. Usually it's like who? <laughs> By the time we get to this, like you know, the Nathan Enderleys of the world. <laughs> this year it's like yeah, all Americans. DTR is going to be a game changer, bro. I think that's the thing. I think all these guys that we're talking about just have this ceiling. Like, they're all yeah. like, they all may not be very good. Like, there's a big chance these guys are just like backup quarterbacks for the rest of their career. But at the same time, all these dudes could be like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, all these guys, if they just get an opportunity, they're going to be good. Yeah. I, I think Anthony Richardson, honestly, for I, again, real. Like, I that, think, that guy, that guy is like, I kind of like what you said because I was going to put him like, at my number one, too, but I was like, man, they just keep talking about Bryce and Stroud so much that I just put them at one and two. But I feel like Anthony Richardson can definitely get taken number one because, I mean, his – I feel like his ceiling is higher than most of them. I think besides Bryce Young, honestly, I think his ceiling is higher than – I think Bryce Young has the highest ceiling out yeah. of every quarterback. Is, I think Anthony Richardson is right behind him, though. Yeah. I feel like this first round is just going to be absolutely chaotic. Oh, Yo, it's oh going, there's going to be at least three trades. It's going to be insane. I guarantee it. Definitely, yeah. There, like, there no, could be like six or seven quarterbacks taken in this first round. I heard the, I heard the Vikings want a quarterback. They tried uh, shopping for Lance. Yeah. <laughs> it's... That would be. I think the Vikings would be the worst place for Trey Lance to go. Learn under I think Kirk Jefferson Cousins. would honestly ask for a trade. <laughs> if they trade for Trey Lance, does that mean they'd be getting rid of Kirk Cousins? Yeah. They send him to the Niners. I know. Because you're not gonna. Because I don't think the Niners would take him. Because you're not gonna want to have to pay Kirk Cousins and pick up Trey Lance's fifth year option, which is like thirty mil. Mm-hmm. Well, also. I think Kirk Cousins would be great in the Niners. He's oh, he's exactly Niners, who they, that's Niners, who Brock Purdy is. Yeah. Kirk Cousins basically. <laughs> like I'm not like Brock Purdy's not gonna play this year. Yeah, but like it's just like I don't know. People underrate Kirk Cousins so much. He's I don't. Good. I don't trade him for Trey Lance. I think you'd have yeah. to give up less for Trey Lance yeah. or take less for Trey Lance than Kirk yeah. Cousins. Kirk Cousins is very good. He just has a bad rap. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel bad for him. Yeah, he just seems like a super nice he's guy. He's a very, too. very nice guy. He's never done anything yeah. bad. He's a good teammate to like him. He just, you know, eats mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's let's move on. Keep talking about the NFL draft here. Uh, the other big rumor that's been coming out is that the Houston Texans might not take a quarterback, that they'd be going for one of the top two defensive players in the yep. draft, and Will Anderson and uh, Jalen Carter. What what would you feel about that as a Houston Texans fan? If I was a Houston Texans fan, number two overall comes and they're picking a D tackle or a D end. I'm losing hope. <laughs> I would jump off a building. 
protest, get Lovey Smith back in that building. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've heard two things about Texas. Obviously, that they could go defense, and that you pick a quarterback is going to be Will Levis. <laughs> Which, that's just basically... You want to talk about weirdos? Davis, Dave, <laughs> Davis Mills with a shorter neck. I mean, that's, I, oh my God, so funny. <laughs> like, if they do either one of those two things, when we watch the draft together at the Elmhurst Brewing Company, I'm t- six shots minimum. <laughs> but however, off, if that were to happen, that would help the Bears tremendously. Because then that number ninth pick comes even more valuable. Poles would probably pick up another 2024 first rounder. <laughs> Just have the whole first round draft yes. next year. <laughs> yes. We, we be decent this year than just build a, a super team. <laughs> Bears one through four. <laughs> oh, crazy. But yeah, those are the two rumors I've heard about the Texans as of late. I believe they wanted Bryce Young, but they just didn't give us what we wanted. So Ryan Poles was Ryan Poles and got what he wanted. Do you think that them talking about possibly taking a defensive player, do you think that leads more to the Panthers possibly taking Bryce Young with that first overall, first overall pick? Right now, I think they're taking Bryce Young. Bryce Young canceled his visits to every other team after he visited with them. I think he's going to the Panthers. Um, for for the Texans, do you think that even though you know Will Anderson's not a quarterback, do you think that could have like a JJ Watt type impact for them? Do you think he's that type of player? Where it kind of is that beginning of a rebuild, you know, maybe like if you want to go to a different team, a Jonathan Ogden for the Baltimore Ravens, a position where it's not really. Yeah, I could like a Von Miller with the uh, Broncos. Exactly, same thing too. I could see that. I think he's good enough. Uh, but at this point, you need to give your fan base hope because you've been absolutely terrible and have gone nowhere the past three years. Like there really hasn't even been a plan for the last three years. Really, I think you have to go quarterback. You have number twelve overall pick, and you get a good defensive player with that. You went defense pretty hard last year with Stingley in the first round, top four. I think you have to go quarterback, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. you got you have all the Browns' first and second round picks. You just load up on defense then. That's what I think personally. You have to go quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't go another year with Davis Mills. No offense to Davis Mills. Davis Mills like, plays well yeah. for like half the year. Like, yeah, he's not awful. He's, yeah. he's Mike White. Basically yeah, the same yeah. Just I mean, happened to win us the first round pick. <laughs> he was being nice. Davis Mills. <laughs> him, and, him and Lovey were being nice. Davis Mills is a great man. He's – forget those guys. Davis Mills for the next 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Give him an extension or that Jordan Thomas needs to be the highest paid tight end. Jordan Akins, whoever it was, needs to be the highest paid tight end in the NFL. <laughs> Just gives him the max higher than Jalen Hurts. Yes. <laughs> From the Bears. The Bears will be the max. Just wire him the Western Union. Just wire him a little money. <laughs> From Virginia. <laughs> McCaskey. Um, let's move on and talk about the Chicago Bears because you were bringing them up a little bit more. Uh, same kind of question as we get closer to draft day. We've talked about them in the past couple episodes and what we think they're going to do. Has your mind changed at all on what you think the Bears draft plan is going to be going into the draft on Thursday? I feel... My reports that I've seen, if Paris Johnson Jr. is there, they're taking Paris Johnson Jr. That's what I think. If they don't trade down, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I don't think Carter's going to be there, and if they have to pick between Paris Johnson and Carter, I think they're going Paris Johnson. That's what I think they're going to do. If they do trade down, 
Maybe a guy like Darnell Wright, Clyde Jacansey. We pick a right tackle with our second round pick. Maybe like Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. But I think we're going Paris Johnson Jr. Josh, what do you think the Bears are doing with this pick? I think they're going to see how the first five go. I think Poles is going to see how the first five goes and see what the whole commotion is with trades, if anything happens, this or that. I think after five, depending on, you know, what trades go and who gets taken, I think if Carter's there, they're taking Carter. If Paris is there, they're going to take Carter. They're going to take Paris, sorry. Um, But if, let's say, the Lions take Carter, Paris goes... I think they're going to trade down and go for Darnell Wright. Or uh, that uh, Bodri- Broderick, Jones. Bod- yeah. Broderick Jones kid from Georgia. Um, so he's I think a tremendous half. Yeah. I think right now they're just – I think he's going to play by watching the first five go and see what trades happen, this or that. And then he's either going to make a trade or take Carter or Paris. Personally, I'm fine with Darnell Wright anywhere. Oh, yeah. Darnell Wright is a savage. Like, I didn't even know he was 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, That's because of how low he plays. Like, he has fantastic technique. He is nasty. I mean, him and Davis on the right side. Like, Darnell, like, I was watching this. I'm like, he's just taking these men's souls. Like, he's sending them to the underworld. Like, he was just throwing dudes around. Like, he was just... And, it wasn't like Trevor Penning stuff. It was like good technique, staying low, moving his feet. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like, I just I don't understand how when you watch guys like that, like Broderick Jones, and even when you watch like guys like Paris Johnson, I don't understand what the hype around Trevor Penning was. Because, like, you watch that and you see how different their techniques are. Yes, they're like a lot of the results are the same. But then you just like watch Trevor Penning and how much he was just holding guys. Yeah, and, like, he almost killed Desmond Ritter. Exactly. In the senior Bowl. Um, and then you watch like Broderick Jones. What what did people see in Trevor Penning that like blew him up? Was that the kid who got dressed as the Saints? Yeah, because yeah. he was six six, three twenty, could windmill dunk between his legs. Basketball. <laughs> so a tremendous athlete. Uh, they saw the nastiness. They saw the athleticism, and then his tape. You know, at times, because the most fun tape to watch is to watch like a guy like him or Cody Mach, where he's at like an FCS level where he. Sh- Clearly shouldn't be at the FCS level. So it's like Bobby Boucher waterboarding people around the field. <laughs> so they just saw that. They saw North Dakota State. They've, you know, had some solid alignment coming there, like Billy Turner, Joe Haig. So that's what I think what, is, what happened with him. Mm-hmm. It was just too much athleticism and just, like, they liked how he acted. Yeah. Didn't work out for one year. So through one year. Mm-hmm. Oh. But Broderick Jones, like, he's a left tackle, and they pull him like he's a guard or center like i've seen him pull from the left tackle position go out and to block like the outside linebacker on the other side pass like the tight end and it's like watching like bambi run like he's a very interesting prospect in my mind like he, he learns a little bit gets a little stronger he might be the best one out of all of them i'd be fine if we trade out and get him mm-hmm. yeah he's a specimen yeah, the one thing I would be okay with is trading down, getting Darnell right, um, because I like Paris Johnson, right? But I don't feel comfortable with moving Braxton to right. I don't. I Braxton was rated the highest left tackle 
last year for a reason um, out of the rookie class, and he was a third-round pick. And that says something, right? Like, I think we have, we have a sleeper pick who could be who could end up one of the best left tackles in the game. And I feel like moving him and learning right, even though it's easier, like Sackley said, uh, well, he's said in the past, right is a bit more easier to learn because left is the hardest side to probably play. Um, I'd rather have Darnell Wright, who's been playing right and has perfected his game there, but can perfect it even more, especially with this type of line that we can produce. I think that's our best bet to give Fields that protection and keeping Braxton at a space where he's comfortable and where he succeeded multiple, multiple times. Yeah, he had his hiccups. He gave up sacks, this and that. Blue. You know, that happens in the game, right? But he was so good at his position. And I just feel like if we move him now when it's only his second year, I feel like we're just going to ruin, like, the mojo we have going right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next segment. We got a new segment for you guys today. This one's based off some of the stuff we've been seeing on TikTok for a little bit. But I'm going to ask uh, these two guys, Senor Diaz and Sackman, uh, I'm going to give them some pieces of a player's draft profile that the Bears have taken in the past 10 years. Uh, each a little bit, I'm going to try to get, you know, a little more obvious with the answer until one of them gets it, and the first guy to answer with the right answer gets a point. So it's going to be five guys. For the first guy, I'm going to start with talking about his height. He is 6'1". I'll give you his weight, too. 6'1", 199. Kyler Gordon? Incorrect. Roquan Smith? Incorrect. His 40 time was a 4'4'9". Darno Mooney. Nothing. Eddie Jackson? Mm-mm. He's in the last 10 years, so yeah. dating back to the 2013 draft? Yep. Oh, man, I don't know if I can go back that far. His vertical jump was 34 and a half inches, and his broad jump was a 10-4. DeAndre Hall? Mm-mm. Brisker? Correct. Joquan Brisker is oh, the answer man. for it was that. It the weight person. that made me hesitate. <laughs> it was the height. I thought, I thought the height he, was throwing me off. I thought he was more like a 210 type of guy. That's what I was hoping. I was like, I think his weight and like all that is going to make him think like a little bit bigger, more guy in the middle of the field. But let's keep it going. With my next one, his height is 6'3", 316. White hair. Correct. Oh, my God. Dude. Zachary's on 2 on the first. I'm taking an O. I, I already feel it, but I'm going to still try. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try to go back a little farther on this next okay. one. Go ahead. I had somebody. You're, you're, yeah, he's taking this one. <laughs> All right. Height and weight, six foot two fourteen. Trubisky. Incorrect. Montgomery. Incorrect. Um, uh, one second. <laughs> his oh my god if it's gonna load yeah his 40 time was a four five six bayless incorrect oh you said you're going back farther what was um, the it was six foot two ten two fourteen two fourteen kadeem carey incorrect uh, uh langford Mm-mm. the white receiver Mm-mm. no daniel braverman Mm-mm. his vertical jump was a 35 and a half and his broad jump was 10 two it's got to be a defensive player Kyle Fuller. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said six foot? Yep. Oh, no. I was going to say Floyd, but he's taller. He played for 
uh, the same college as one of the guys I've already talked about. <laughs> he has kind of a lot in common with the other guys. <laughs> they play the same position, too. Oh, okay. 2013, so that would be... Kyle Fuller? Mm-mm. No. The 214, yeah. That's funny. Yeti Jackson? Mm-mm. It is Penn State, though. I'll give you that now. Penn State. I wouldn't know a defensive player. For Penn I mean, just State. give me a second. Okay. okay. <laughs> give me one second. Think it out here. <laughs> Amos. Correct. Oh, Adrian dude. Amos. I was, was going to say DeAndre Houston. I'm trying to keep it like guys who are like well-known enough in a Bears uniform, but. Yeah, famous Amos. <laughs> well, I, think I have a good one for the last one, but I'm going to save it for a little. Let's go. What is that? 3 0? 4 0? Yeah, he's on 3 0 on you. Hey, hey, hey. You got to come back with these next ones. Dude, <laughs> he knows more than me. All right, all right. Oh, okay. So, 6 4, 327. Long. Incorrect. Oh, Leno. Mm-mm. Mm. Mustafer? Mm-mm. Nah. I was thinking about doing Leno earlier, but I thought that would be a little too hard. Daniels? Correct. Oh, let's oh. go, baby. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he's a big dude. 6'4", 327. I didn't he think was he was that, that big. big and he couldn't play center. <laughs> yeah. He was getting moved around at center. He's 328 pounds. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I might do one more because I think this one might be too easy, too, for Sackley at least. 6'7", 257. 6'7". Damn. Jimmy Graham? Mm-mm. No, it's drafting. Oh, uh, six seven. A draftee that was six mm-hmm. seven. Uh, Cornelius Washington. Incorrect. Uh, when it loads up here, I'm about to say long, but his forty be. was a four seven nine. Six seven. <laughs> Jesus, how big? Six seven, two seventy. Two so seven. It's a defensive player. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris. Incorrect. He wasn't drafted that. He was that size. His vertical was 32 and a half inches. Okay, whoever this was should have Floyd? been a dog. Incorrect, not Floyd. Uh, come on. Dude, what? <laughs> Six, seven. He had 24 reps on the bench press. This dude's a monster. <laughs> it's not Gibson. It is not. It's not Dom, Rob. Um... Who are the Bears taking at 6'7", six, seven, six, seven. I don't remember a guy like that. Um, Tell me oh, what college. Ashland. Shaheen! <laughs> yes, Adam Shaheen. That I was like, I wanted to go a hard one, but also somebody who's like, I don't know, 6'7". Six, six, <laughs> he was so bad. He was terrible. The fact that he spent like a second round pick on him. Oh, uh, my God. That was one of the most crazy things I have ever Trubisky, seen. Trubisky, Cohen, and... We, we we could have drafted Mahomes, Kamara, and and Kittle, but we drafted Trubisky, Cohen, and Shaheen. I think Shaheen Shaheen was in the Roquan Smith draft, not in the Trubisky. So he was oh, a year. Shaheen was twenty seven. Oh no 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 yeah yeah yeah. I have, I saw the purple from Pro Football Reference. It was James Daniels that was in the Roquan Smith yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That draft was Jordan oh, Morgan in the fifth round. Don't even know. Who never that even is. played a snap for us <laughs> from Cookstown. Who? What? That's where Andre Reed's from. Cookstown D two. <laughs> So we drafted a tight end from Ashland in that draft and then a guard from Cookstown. And then a running back from HBCU. 
Hey, he was pretty good for a little he bit, was. though. He was. Until he got hurt. I was I, like, if I did Tariq Cohen. I, I, we, we should pray for Tariq Cohen. I hope everything goes well for him. I hope yeah. he gets another shot in the NFL. I think he will. I hope so. He should get a shot at least in, like, the XFL he's, or something. He's been through so much. Yeah. He needs some good luck. Seeing that video where he just he's training and his Achilles just pops, like, that was destroying, bro. Yeah. I miss Tariq Cohen. I was he was sh- good. He was very good. It's a shame he... Had that weird ACL tear that took yeah. two years to recover from. He's a Lonzo injury. I mean, the one year, he was our entire offense, basically. Yeah. He did everything for us. 2018, yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine him now with this backfield. I think he, that'd be fun. I've been saying, if he was on the Bears now or, like, last season, he would have been perfect. Oh, He's yeah. literally, like, made for this offense. Yeah. But, of course, we drafted him too early. <laughs> he, he couldn't come last year or the year before that. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break here before we move on to the next segment. Elmhurst. Welcome back to the Blue Jay Boys show. This is must. How is everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. And Sackley is currently grabbing the Elmo doll for some reason to play with. If you guys missed the first half of the show, you missed us talk about the NFL, some of the trades that have been happening. I'll give you guys a little update on the draft as we get closer. And we also played a game where we talked about the Bears' recent draft picks, trying to figure that one out. (laughs) Next up, we're going to move on to the NBA playoffs. Uh, Usually the first round of the NBA playoffs isn't something too exciting. This year, we got something a little different right away in the beginning of the playoffs. We have two play-in teams who are off 3-1 in their series getting ready to take down two of the best teams in the NBA from the regular season. Let's start with the first most surprising one to me is the Miami Heat taking a 3-1 lead on the Milwaukee Bucks where Jimmy Butler dropped 56 points yesterday. You mean MJ? Yeah, basically prime MJ. Jimmy Butler is by far the most underrated player in the NBA. He... When it's playoff time, he is like Michael Jordan. He is Michael he Jordan. He literally carried that entire Heat team by himself <laughs> yesterday. Like, who else do they have on the court? They didn't have Hero. He's out. Yeah, Bam, who didn't do anything. Kevin Love pulled up a little bit. And he had six points. So the yeah. he's not like- <laughs> hey, he had some good threes to put him up. So I'll take it. They had Kyle Max, Lowry. Max Struess got paid. Millions of dollars running around out there for 17 minutes. Duncan Duncan Robinson. Robinson. What did Kyle Lowry do? They got seven undrafted guys out there with him. Six points, four rebounds, five assists. So pretty yeah. Good game. That, that's, that's a good game. And what did we talk about last week? We talked about how I even said Kyle Lowry needs to step up. Even though it wasn't a major step up, he still helped his team. The four rebounds, two assists, six points. <laughs> they did what <laughs> they did. What we talked about. You know, they... They killed him from the perimeter. Jimmy Butler got into the, inside the paint and even did work with his mid-range, right? They did what they needed to do to win. <laughs> to win. And, I mean, I'm glad that the Bucks are down 3-1. You know, I like the Heat. The Heat's a, it's a fun team right now. And Jimmy is slaving away to really, like, put his team up 3-1, maybe even 4-1 right now for, what, tomorrow or Thursday's game? Uh, Thursday's. Thursday, yeah, because it's a day off. And, yeah, it's yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I like this. I like this Jimmy. We saw this Jimmy in the bubble, and that oh, was... last year, too. And Yeah, last year, too. And, I mean, it's it's really good to see how consistent he is for back-to-back-to-back to back to back years, right? And I feel like 
one of these years, it's going to be him. Because who does he play next if they win? He would play most likely the Knicks. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Knicks kind of own the Heat this year, but I wouldn't have, It's the Knicks we're talking about. I could totally see Jimmy Butler just owning that. Just being playoff Jimmy Butler. Yes. Playoff Jimmy Butler is the most dominant force since, since uh, Cleveland Brown. Yeah. The second time around. <laughs> That is the most dominant force I've ever seen. He has no one else on his team. It's all him and undrafted guys from the G League. Gabe Vincent, Haywood Highsmith, Duncan Robinson played D3 basketball on a team that was worse than our Elmhurst Blue Jays. <laughs> that probably would have lost the Elmhurst Blue Jays back when they had Kyle Weist and Will Nixon and all those guys. They got Kyle Lowry's very washed. He's He had six points, and we're saying how it was legitimately a good game for him. Six, four, and five is a solid. I take that. He stepped up. I agree with Josh, but still, you got Gabe Vincent. You got Haslam. Still gets minutes here and there. Bam has not done anything. I'm taking Prime Joel Anthony over Bam in the playoffs. (laughs) Bam Bam got babied. He got babied. I think like yes, okay. Bam didn't have his best game. You also got to think about he's playing against somebody who could potentially be the best basketball player of all time by the time his career is over. That's who he was guarding. Who, Brooke Lopez? Well, he's guarding Brook Lopez. He's switched on to Giannis a bunch of times in that game because nobody else can guard Giannis besides him. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis's back is all messed up. He still dropped 36 yeah, and 11. Still, I'm talking about offense here. 36 Dude, points. I watched those highlights. I'm that talking man. about Bam's offense. And then he's getting guarded by Brook Lopez, who was second place in defensive player of the year, and Giannis, who was fifth place. Still. At least be aggressive. At least try. Why need? Why? I see him standing at the elbow. Nobody around him. He won't even look at the rim. I see him standing at the three-point line. Nobody around him won't even look at the rim. Well, half the centers of the league aren't looking out the room when they're standing. Yeah, but Bam's like six eight. He needs to be able to hit three. He's not that big. He's a he's a power forward. Mm-hmm. He's a very he's a small ball center. That's what he is. He's not very big. He's six nine, six eight, six nine. He needs to have an outside game. He there's not one thing he does overly well on offense. Some days he might be driving in and getting points, and the other days he's doing his spin move that works once every seven times. And he's just hitting mid-range jump shots all day. Past the elbow, he can't even hit the mid-range jump shots. It's just those like little eight-foot little where he like hangs in the air for an unreasonable amount of time, <laughs> but hits it. He needs. To, he's the second best player on this team. He needs to step up. Jimmy can't drop fifty-six every game. Mm-hmm. That's. I think he could, but <laughs> I think he would if he really wanted. I think to. if he really wanted to and needed to, he would. But he can't. It's not sustainable. He can't pull out a bubble. He, you're not going to do that against the Knicks with that defense that they have that turns up in the playoffs with Tom Thibodeau, who was actually smiling after the game. Haven't game seen three. that for 84 years. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Butler is just him. He's himmy. I mean, kind of going with that. Trading Jimmy Butler was the worst thing the Chicago Bulls have ever done. What were the Chicago teams on in 2017? We picked Trubisky over Mahomes. And then we traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn, <laughs> Markinen, who now is good, but not with us. Most improved player award winner. And Levine. <laughs> who I like Levine, but he's nowhere near Jimmy Butler. It's not like Jimmy Butler wanted to leave. He was trying to recruit guys to come to Chicago, and he had a shoe deal that revolved around him being on the Bulls. With the red and black and, you know, big city. I just, it was the worst thing the Bulls have ever done. I think Jimmy Butler is, like, he's one of the best players of this decade, like this past decade. Yes. I think people don't talk about that enough. He's right out. He would be probably, honestly, like, if you look at his just pure stats, 
I mean, he's been an All NBA first team guy for multiple years. All star guy. He's a top three playoff performer. Mm-hmm. I would say he's a top five player of this past decade. Yeah. No one wants to talk about him. He's not flashy. He's not. He doesn't you know, go on social media and wear oversized clothes and go to Malibu with sunglasses on. And yeah, he does. He does some goofy things. But he like, does. Yeah, <laughs> he loves himself some Rachel Nichols. He had the he put on the dreads just for the photo day and just, never had them on again. Just for the meme of it. Yeah. I was he gonna say a, what he has a Michelob that? Ultra commercial and is for some reason friends with Mark Wahlberg. Never knew how that was created. But he's that guy. If he was just a little more flashy or talked more, he doesn't go on social media. Mm-hmm. If he shaved a little more, maybe. But he's he, I take him over Paul George. Yeah, I'm taking him over Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I'm taking him over uh, Westbrook. Yeah, I'd say Westbrook. That's that's tough. They'd be, like, really close in my mind. Like, Kawhi and PG for sure, just based on, like, I mean, if we're going, like, beyond the decade, these past couple of years, Kawhi and PG's, like, yeah. their legacy got ruined by these past couple of years, honestly. To Those be honest, Clippers if years. I'm building a team, if I'm building a team from the ground up, who do I want to lead that team? Kevin Durant or Jimmy Butler? Kevin Durant is obviously more talented, but in terms of a leader and what he brings to the table, because Jimmy is all the – Things that aren't on the stat sheet with him. You don't get that with the other guys. He's like literally one of the last old school guys in the NBA in terms of mentality. And Andre Drummond. Him and Andre Drummond are <laughs> the last old school, old school guys. I'm talking about like mentality. But yeah. But yeah, Andre Drummond would be a dog in the 60s. <laughs> him and Greg Monroe. But I wouldn't want any type of other leader other than like LeBron to start my team than him. He's that good. With him, it's not. He came in 30th overall pick. He didn't play as a rookie. Second year, played a lot, but it was rough. He was just ball of energy and passion and intensity. Third year, what is he? Fourth year, he puts in all the work. He bets on himself. All-star Jimmy Butler. Overtook Derrick Rose. And he's just been slowly getting better ever since. If he did not get traded by the Bulls, he would end up as their second best player of all time. I'd say what he's done is more impressive than Scotty Pippen. He did that what he did through with all these other teams, which I don't know why the 76ers picked Tobias Harris over him. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm picking Jimmy Butler over Cat in Minnesota and that whole entire franchise. <laughs> Jimmy, the Minnesota Jimmy Butler is not yes. relegation. Jimmy Butler literally <laughs> said, he went up to Andrew Rugg and said, I hate you guys. <laughs> Joined the third team and then beat the first team by 15. Made them cry. <laughs> like that was That's on them. Made them so upset they gave him away. <laughs> Literally. He's that good. Jimmy, he deserves all the accolades, all everything. He deserves it. Yeah. If, uh, if I had to give him an all co- all-time comparison, he's like the T-Mac. Like, he's the T-Mac. No, right T-Mac, T-Mac didn't win the playoffs. He's going to be like just. Just like the way, like, yes, he didn't win in the playoffs, but he just carried teams. Like, it was, like, T-Mac, and then, like, he just got overshadowed by everybody else. I give him, like, a just... Charles Barkley. Yeah, okay. Because he was that productive, showed up in the big games, he just did, didn't really win one. He played for the, the old Sixers where everyone else on the team was washed, like Malone and Julius Irving, and then he went to the Suns with Dan Marley and Kevin Johnson. The microwave. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I only know that from 2K because every time he uses his card in 2K, yeah. they go, his nickname was the microwave for a reason. Yeah. 
That's what I'd have. Jimmy Butler is he's a different breed. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won at all. Just because he's gonna be that dominant. Yeah. Go going back to the actual playoff series, do you do you think this is over? For the Bucks? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't say I'm not overly confident on that. It's just I don't see the Heat losing three straight games. Mm-hmm. I don't see Jimmy Butler allowing that to happen. I think it might go six or seven. I think the Bucks win the next two and the Heat win seven. Because, you know, the Heat are the team that give the Bucks nightmares. They beat them in the bubble. They almost made Giannis retire. As long as Jimmy, Jimmy just stays in playoff Jimmy, not the stupidly locked-in Jimmy that we've seen before, we'll be fine. Yeah, I, th- I think if the Bucks even catch a glimpse of the Jimmy that happened last night, they have no shot. And if Duncan Robinson keeps on hitting threes, like this is a Duncan Robinson of old. This is the one that got the $84 million contract. He keeps on hitting threes like that. Bam steps up a little bit. Kevin has not the same production, but... Just as relevant. The, the yeah, the, and the same thing for Kyle Lowry. If yes. the relevance stays there, I think they the Bucks stand no Gabe chance. Vincent hits a couple corner threes. Same with Struce. They're winning. Yeah. I think the other big thing is that they have to make sure that the Bucks only have two guys who can take over. Because they were Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton six points away from losing this game. Like, even with Jimmy Butler dropping 56. Like, one of those guys having a good, like, a little bit of a good game. Like, they both were awful. Yeah. If either one of them drops 20. And Budenholzer was terrible. Yeah. If either one of them drops 20, the Heat still lose this game. That's like, you have, like, the Heat have to be on their A game for just one more game, at least. And make sure that the Bucks are not on their A game for one more game. Because if the Bucks figure it out and they play, like, 2021 Bucks playoff team, that could be scary for this Heat team, even though they're up 3-1 in the series, even though they're one game away from sending them home. Like, this is like, yes, I want to say that the Heat have it locked up, but at the same time, like, this Bucks team is very good. Yes. Very, they're just very, playing very the one good. team they didn't want to play. Yes. That's literally all it is. If they were playing any other team in the playoffs right now, they'd be straight to the Eastern Conference Finals, yes. honestly. But it's this Heat team that they did not want to play. So you have to make sure that, first of all, Brooke Lopez doesn't drop 30 on you again. That's crazy. Brooke Lopez has been amazing this season. This has been one of his best seasons of his career. But at the same time, you have to make sure he's not beating you. And that comes down to Bam Adebayo, like you were saying, and that type of stuff on the defensive side of the ball. Um, But then you have to make sure Chris Milton and Drew Holiday don't do anything either. And then also, Pat Conton, he's relegated. Whatever that game was, like, there's some games where he looks really good and he helps the Bucs out, and there's other games where he's just, like, awful. He's worse than Gabe Vincent out there running. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. So, I think for the Heat to win this series, you just have to make sure you're on your game and the Bucks aren't. That's all it takes. It sounds a lot more simple than it actually is, but that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the other playoff series where a play-in team is taking lead, the Los Angeles Lakers against the Memphis Grizzlies. What is happening to the Memphis Grizzlies right now? They poked the bear, man. They, they, Dylan Brooks really, I think Dylan Brooks really ruined it for them because he opened his mouth and he got way too cocky. And LeBron, LeBron loves that stuff, man. He feeds off of that. Like, he, he's like a, he has like that mentality of Kobe where it's like, or like MJ was like, in the Last Dance uh, documentary, MJ was like, what'd he say? And, like, this is what, like, LeBron is feeding off of. And it, it's it's amazing because LeBron had a great defensive performance last night and offensive. Uh, AD. He didn't he, really do anything. He didn't do anything, but he had some good stops here and he there. He had the big block at the end of the game. Yeah, he did. Reeves. And, yeah. 
It, oh my god, dude! I, I was watching those highlights. Reeves is gonna get a bag and a half. He's yeah. getting a max. He is a yeah. dog of a basketball player. Brooks is going to the Shanghai Sharks. Um, <laughs> at this wonderful university in which we're at, there's a certain program at this wonderful university <sighs> that I think would really help out Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Um, the way that man acts, he needs help. He, like, ruined his career yeah. the, with words. That's awful. Like, if you're going to ruin your career, at least do something big. Don't be because yeah. you trash-talked LeBron to make your team lose a exactly. series. Uh, They're going to trade him. You watch. I trade him. He's not even good anymore. He can't even shoot. He's 5 of 17 every game. He's statistically the worst player in the playoffs right now that's played as, as, shot, as many shots as he had and played as many minutes as he has. And he's missed one game, and he's still, like, the worst player. He's gotten fat. Yeah, and even though <laughs> even though they're down three to one in this series, Why'd you attack his weight like that. He ain't looking. He looked like he ain't even eating right. Look at him when he was like a dog two years ago, and he was like, "Oh, who's this guy? He's like John Wayne's running mate. He's awesome." Ah, da da da. Now he's like all like chunky, and he's got this funky hairdo. <laughs> he looks like emo fat Danny Green. <laughs> That's so funny. That's what even, he's playing like right now. Even though they're down three to one, Jaron Jackson still proves as to why he won Defensive Player of the Year. That yeah, guy, is, that guy out. is a dog, bro. John Moran has a club on his hand. No, he doesn't. He just has it taped lightly. He, oh no, <laughs> taped lightly was, is scary. It was, it was. Was it? Because when I saw like it, a, you could still see some of his hand. It wasn't like, like looked like Leonard Floyd a few years ago. That's what it looked like, basically. Really? Because I looked like sworn. he had his hand in the dirt and was a 320-pound nose tackle. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And he saw us, and they zoomed in right before tip-off last night. And I was like, yo, what did he do to his hand? Yeah. Um, He's still playing pretty well, despite of it. But Yeah, and Desmond Bain had a good game. Strangest oh my build God, I've ever dude. seen. <laughs> he was going crazy at the three-point line. Let me show you. Guys if I picture. was, I would be terrified of him. Like, first of all, on an NBA court. But like, if I walked up to him, like, in a street ball game, that would be the one guy I would not want to defend. He just looks like a street ball dude. Looks like, like a he just beat you up. He's yeah. decently like big too. Like, look at he's this picture. Yeah. Of no, he's not like fat. Like, he, no, no, no. He's he looks he's like he's jacked. four two, but he's just like, he's like <laughs> oh six six. Oh my god, his shoulders are so like, broad. Uh, he has no neck. He's a Wolverine. He's like, yeah, he's like a Wolverine. Yeah. Her badger. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I based on this game, I think like the you can just see the Grizzlies just aren't ready. They keep winning a lot of games like in the regular season and then they just hit the playoffs. And it's like there's always one team that they just go against and you're like, wow, they look like they're a bunch of high schoolers out there. Yeah. And there's times where in this game where LeBron James, like, first of all, like statistically, this wasn't a, you know, a great LeBron James game. It was just a good game. It would yeah. be a good game for other people, basically. Yeah. But then you just, like, watch, like, just the experience on the court. Even Anthony Davis, like, when he wasn't playing well, that clutch time block takes, like, for him to be able to get into that position and make that play, because John Murray had so much space, first of all. He, like, had that shot open, and AD just closed on him and smacked it. Yep. Like, that takes so much years of experience in the NBA to be able to do something like that yeah, at that late in the game, at that important of a moment. Yeah, because if, if that's a rookie center, like rookie big man. John Moran's hitting that shot. He's hitting that shot and winning the game, yeah. Like, that series is tied 2-2. But, like you said, with the experience and knowledge that AD has had and has, he's had, he's won a championship. He's been in the playoffs, you know? Oh, my God. Um, 
and like you said, like that's where like that kind of like X factor takes over in the game, and that that was a huge thing for them. And then LeBron hits a three quarter shot, and if that ended the game, I would have just been like, that yeah, would have been Lakers are winning nuts, the finals. If there it was, was over. if there was like two seconds left, and he and AD makes that block, and he hits that shot, bro, LA would have been under fire. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzlies, they just need Kyle Korver, JJ Redick, and Mike Muscala. Why do you say that? Second? They just need it on that team. You can just tell. I think if JJ Redick went on that team, bro, Stephen A. Smith would have a field day. <laughs> I remember as the coach. Get him on there. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins. Go Taylor Jenkins looks like the guy that he wanted to have a son, but he didn't. He's coaching someone else's basketball team out of niceness. And, like, he knows what he's talking about, but the kids just won't listen to him. That's what he looks like. Well, that, that kind of goes with the team, like, looking inexperienced in some moments. There's moments where you can see that Taylor Jenkins is still a very young coach in the NBA, especially against, like, guys that are, like, LeBron James is the coach of that team, basically. Like, he just goes out there. Darvin Ham is preventing him from winning championships. Darvin Ham's still an assistant coach, basically. Yes. Darvin <laughs> Ham is great last name, but. that's It's an awful head coach name. He doesn't have a good head coach name. He should be a head coach. I think he's done an okay job, but. He's not the best. I mean, anybody can do an okay job when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your I team. I mean, even David Blatt survived a year and exactly. a half. Exactly. And David Blatt might be the second worst coach I've ever seen. I don't know why seen. they hired him. They, he was literally coaching in, like, the, the Czechoslovakian basketball league. And, like, he was, like, mediocre. And they're like, that's the man we want to welcome LeBron James back. <laughs> Going 12-9 and nine in the Czechoslovakian B tier league. <laughs> There's hoopers out there. Going against maybe. Lamar Odin when he was on in a brothel. <laughs> he did. He played in like a, I believe their league. And that was when he was like really, the Kardashians had to save him. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it, was it was getting bad in Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Um, what what do you think? You know, as the series keeps going, do you think this Lakers team has the ability to beat any team in the West? Yes. Or you uh, yes. If they stay healthy, yes. This team, if they, if this team constructed as it is now was like that since game one and stayed a little more healthy than they did, they'd be a top three team in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LeBron's cooking. AD's looking good. Reeves is getting better. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why did you scream? Oh my <laughs> God. You scared <laughs> Jesus, dude. You, I thought. We oh apologize, everybody listening. Exactly, got scared. <laughs> oh my god! He looked like the boogeyman. Oh. He was standing there like he was like nine oh. feet tall and whatever he was standing up. <laughs> There's on. a bench oh right outside. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> Dude, I, I thought there was like an animal in here or something. <laughs> I saw it on the court. It scared me. <laughs> oh my god! If they oh. were just kids. Constructed like this since game one, they'd be a top three team in the West. <laughs> They're very well constructed now as, as to what they were before when they had Westbrook. And I mean, Jared Vanderbilt <laughs> is doing Omen's work. Like, he's, I don't know why the Timberwolves got right at him. That was a big mistake. He's, he's like a top 10 role player in the league, right? He's now. exactly what they needed. Yeah, guy that can switch on to a bunch of different players, he'll rebound, he'll guard centers if he has to because AD doesn't want to do that. He can kind of shoot a little bit. He can slash. He's everything. He's kind of like the glue. Reeves. Reeves went from just being that role player that would hit some threes and, you know, have a couple cool drives. Now he's like a bone. The way he's playing, he's playing like an all-star. He's getting 23 points every game in the playoffs, like 20-plus points every game. 
and like five, six rebounds, a few assists. He's really like he's not like a joke kind of like Crusoe player where he, everyone just liked it because he was like the one white guy in the Lakers. He's a legitimate player now. Like he's gonna get a bag this offseason. He's getting his uh what I like to call it, the Tyler Hero treatment from that twenty twenty playoffs. That's yeah. exactly what Tyler Hero did. It was that end of that season and then going into the bubble, he just like turned on a different like level. Like he had a whole nother gear to go on to. And I think Austin Reeves is gonna get just a bag because of that. I mean Tyler Hero got a bag out of that playoffs basically. I mean, I think this dude's gonna get more. Yeah. Like he's worth that. He's good. Hillbilly Kobe. That was his name. That was <laughs> I his know. Name. That's yeah. just a great nickname. <laughs> From a town in Arkansas, they had one restaurant. It was just called uh, Pizza Place. It was a generic p- pizza logo. It was, that was the only They had, like, two stoplights, and they had, like, a Beats Farm or something like that. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember watching him when he was a freshman at Wichita State before uh-huh. he transferred to University of Arkansas. He was good then. That was back when they had like Fred Van Vliet, Ron Baker. Oh, that was a good team. Yeah. They had some some guys, and yeah, he's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked this with the Bucks, and I, I think I know the answer a little more certain on this one. But do the Grizzlies have any chance? They have a chance to win a game or two, but not at this point. I don't think they have a chance to win the series. I think they're starting to turn on each other. I think. This has been a hard season for them. Yeah, they've been very good, but with everything that Jaw went through, Dylan Brooks, uh, all the controversies they've had, Brandon Clark being out for the season, Steven Adams is still out. I don't think they overcome it. Mm-hmm. Josh? They have no chance. <laughs> no chance. If you're letting Reeves get 23-25 a night, and then LeBron having his, you know, like we said, it wasn't like the greatest game, but a good game, and, I mean, if you're letting AD, who's not really producing that much, but win on the defensive side of things like that, you're not winning the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially it's, it comes down to that inexperience that yeah. we were talking about before. I think yeah. that's the big thing. It's just they're, they're not ready to win games yet. No, definitely. Playoffs. Let's move on to what I think is the next best series and some uh, big information coming out from it yesterday and then earlier today too. Sacramento Kings against the Golden State Warriors. Yesterday it came out that De'Aaron Fox uh, broke the tip of his finger, uh, and then it came out today that he's playing in the game. He's playing in game five. Um, where do you think this series is going to go now that it's evened up 2-2? Two and two? I think you were pretty confident about the Kings before, but it's back to 2-2. Two and two. Who's coming out of this one? I really want the Kings to come out of this, but... Um... If, if he's not going to be 100%, it's going to be the... Yeah, Warriors get lucky every year. Somebody gets hurt every year. We, we, yeah, me and Sackley talked about it before you even got here. There was a video I saw last night, and it said every time the Warriors are down in a series, no matter what it is, when they're down, somebody gets somebody hurt. on the other team gets hurt. What was it in 2015? Kyrie on the Cavs, and then and then they lost the year after that, which was 2016, because LeBron came back. And then what? 2017 was uh, Kawhi. Kawhi. They were down 30. Um, yeah. And then the year after that was Houston. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Paul hurt his that. hamstring. Game six. And then the year after that, and and not only did they not just win that series, they went and won the title. They won the whole thing. So they played that depleted Cavs team. Yeah. yeah. And then this is like what me and Second were talking about. Like we're worried that this they just they're lucky. Like they're great, but they yeah. they get all the breaks. And, like, that's just what's annoying, you know? And I really hope Darren Fox, I, I know he said he's going to play. I really hope he can fight through it and you fight know what through it. And it's on? Uh, 
it's right, we'll be okay. Is he a lefty? He's a lefty. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought he was a righty. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, injury in the fourth quarter. Yeah, everybody was saying that's like happened in like late in that last game. That's why he never came out. He just played through it at the end, and then the report came out yesterday. Um, it's just saying his hand right now. I'm not seeing which hand. Left index finger oh. in the middle. So it's like I mean either hand. That's pretty bad. I mean, if you so. if you think about it though, if he just pulls a Kobe and like tapes the finger together, I think he'll be. I fine. mean, that's you probably know? what he's gonna do. Yeah. It's just like they're gonna need Malik Monk to go nuts. Oh, they're gonna yeah. need Demontis Sabonis just to be a beast. Yes. Just like take that next step. I think he can. Be I love Demontis Sabonis. I'll be better than his father. Come on now. Well, he's been compared no, to his no, father. No, no, no. His, his father yeah. when he was in the Soviet Union was. That's why he's in the best Hall of Fame. He's like yeah. they don't even barely talk about when, his when NBA. When Sabonis, real, this is a real story. When Sabonis, the father, came to the NBA, is because like the Soviet Union, you weren't allowed to rest. You weren't allowed to sit out with injuries. The doctor, the Portland Trailblazers doctor, said, "Yeah, with what has happened to his legs and back, he could qualify for a handicap parking spot." And he was playing starting center in the NBA game, like fifteen to seven a game. That's what my my dad said that. Um, Sabonis' dad, like, if it wasn't for his knees getting blown out at at his age, he probably would have been, like, the biggest name center ever. Because, like, he was an animal. He was that good. He was just torn to shreds. Yeah, it's just, and my dad said the injury bug, like, got him. Like, at the point of his career where he could have been the greatest, and but, like, it just hit him. And his knees, both of his knees, it was his knees first. Like, they just shot. And like that's what kind of killed it he for him. He didn't get to the NBA until he was thirty, so it was. I was like, it was like he was like thirty four. Yeah, older. He was old. And he still played like six seasons in the NBA and was yeah. like All NBA one of those years. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Demontis Sabonis has the potential to be like the best player on this Kings team. I think a lot of yeah, people have definitely. him tied with De'Aaron Fox a lot of the time when they talk about it, it's De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis. It's all like Jalen Brunson, and Andrew Lewis, Randall. Like, they don't really talk about one of those guys alone. It's always together. I think this is the moment for DeMontis Sabonis to come out and be like, it's me. I'm the dude. Like, Darren Fox has had the whole season to be, like, the highlight guy. And, like, I've been, like, really good. But the second guy that they talk about, it's always De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. This is his game. He needs to come out and be like, I'm DeMontis Sabonis. This is just DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah. And I think De'Aaron Fox is going to give him all the opportunity in the world to do that. Uh, you mentioned Malik Monk earlier. I think Kevin Herter is going to have to come out and have a huge game. And he's going to have to step up and take a lot of, like, a lot more shots than he has been. And he's been playing well when he does. Harrison Barnes is going to have to play I was gonna like, say his Barnes best gonna, game. Yeah, Barnes is going to have to play, like, some of his best basketball in these last couple games. Um, because I think beforehand, when the series started, I think Fox was like, all right, I'll carry the weight of the team, you know, and, like, really, like, show up and shut out but now that he's got like this injury thing i'm not saying he's like crawling up into a ball and saying i need you guys to help me but he's like he's like i'm still gonna do what i'm gonna do best but like let's do it like collectively as a team and like kick them right in the mouth you know and i feel like that's what they really need like how you're saying like everyone needs to like step up and have like their best game um their best games coming up because I think that's what's really going to make or break this series. And this series is probably, like, hands down, probably the best one right now because it's, like, it's so back and forth. And it's it's a it, they're fun games to watch, you know. 
And I think that's just what is really going to need to happen is that they're really going to need to, like, shatter the Warriors, you know, offensively. Because, like, defensively, I'm not too confident with it. I mean, in their first two games when they were up 2-0, they shut them down pretty well. But in these last two games where the Warriors cut up, it's, like, it's proven that, you know, they weren't able to really, like, lock them down or whatever. I feel like they need to crush their spirit offensively, and I feel like they can do that definitely with the weapons that they have. The other big thing is that the Kings are just going to have to play defense one of these days. Yeah. You cannot lose a game when you score 125 points. Nine out of ten times, that's a game that is a blowout for you. Like, you should be killing the other team if you score 125 points. And you lost. Play some defense, dude. Like, I get it. This is one of the best offensive teams of all time. Like, for the past ten years, they are. Steph Curry is one of the best on-ball, off-ball guys. No matter where he is on the offensive side of the ball, he he can score. But at the same time, Keegan Murray is supposed to be one of the best defensive rookies. Just play behind him. Harrison Barnes has shown that he can play defense sometimes. I know DeMontis Sabonis doesn't really play defense. Step up for one game. That's part of the whole, like, taking over of this team for a little bit. Get low, bend your knees. Exactly. Deer and Fox, (laughs) focus more on defense this game. You know you're not going to be able to be as effective on offense. Lock it in on defense. Be an energy guy on defense. No, definitely. Just be nasty. Be mean. Exactly. Like, that, that is going to be the biggest key. Punch Draymond in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Get him thrown out. Yes. Um, Knock him out. Kermit Washington style. <laughs> Honestly, like, if they can lock in defensively and still get it done offensively, but really, like, hone in on that defense and aggravate Draymond, I think they have the best shot at, play, like... Play um, Davion Mitchell more. Mm-hmm. At, I mean, they, they have been these past couple of games, and he played really well last game. He had 12 points and played good defense. He's a little, he's a little demon. Yeah. Um, for for the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green came off the bench in this game. Uh, he came out and said that he asked to come off the bench, which I hate that he just came out and said that. I hate Draymond Green. <laughs> He's just, like, trying to get media attention. Do you think that move and shift to him on the bench was part of the reason the Warriors were able to win this game and pull it out? No, I think it goes back to what you said. Like, they just they need to play defense. The the. Them not being able to play defense or even collectively get close. And, I mean, like you said, putting up 125 and not winning, that's what killed them. I don't think it had anything to do with Draymond coming off the bench or starting the game. You know, like, I think it goes back to the the defense thing because that's what's killing them right now. You know, that's why it's 2-2 when it should be, you know, 3-1, maybe even 3-0, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I don't know. Um, so I, I know we talked about this a little bit when we the playoffs first started, but when either of these teams inevitably lose this series, what do you think the next step for each of them is? Because they're both kind of going in different directions right now in their, like, franchises mode. So, like, for the Warriors, they lose this series. There's a possibility Draymond Green may not be on this team next year. There's a possibility Klay Thompson could not be on this team. What, what do you think the next step for this Warriors team is? I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, and it was like, I think Draymond's going to walk by himself. I don't think it's going to be more of, like, the team letting him go. Um, I just think he's done because the league's gone through so many changes, and I think he 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 as a player and himself is just fed up with it because it's just too much change at one point because he's going to just blame the rules and be like, anything I do is just going to get me tossed out of the game type of thing. He's just going to cry about it, you know, and I think – he doesn't want to have to sit there and take the judgment for being, oh, like, everyone's labeling me, labeling me as a crybaby. 
But that's just how it is now because they're just trying to ensure player safety, you know. And but like for the the Kings team, I think they don't really have to blow anything up. They just need to add defensive key parts, like a nice big man, you know, a nice big man or a draft the big man, whatever it is. But add defensive key parts that that are gonna help you win games like this and not go not tie the series two two. Um, because they know they have the offensive weapons. Now they just need the defensive weapons. Because if they get the defensive weapons, this is a really good Kings team. Exactly. What What would you add to the Kings to take them to the next step? More defense. I mean, they have everything. They have, they have a big man. They have a point guard. They got some good guys off the bench. They have a good wing, Keegan Murray. I think they just need to go get some more 3 and D guys. Just straight defenders, really. That's all they need. They have everything else. There's guys like Jay Crowder is always on the market every year. Jay Crowder, I mean, like a Derek Jones junior type. Dylan Brooks is going to be on the market. I know we all hate him, but. No. No. (laughs) He fits that, though. He's not even. He's very, very inefficient. His defense isn't that good. He just tries hard. (laughs) And he's overly physical and likes. (laughs) Not him. That's the last thing. They have a good mojo going. The last thing we need is him going in there. Then now that he's in California, he might actually do some bad stuff. <laughs> we don't need him there. Get like a Derek Jones Jr., Jay Crowder, uh, even like a Pat Bev. Just for someone. Just for Pat Bev wouldn't really even play on the team. Just like that mentality of Pat Bev would help. Mm-hmm. And for the Warriors, I mean, I don't see them giving up on this team after just winning the title. But if Draymond does walk, Clay Thompson wants an absurd amount of money, I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, Kaminga, Moody, Poole, you take over, retool, trade, get a bunch of assets back. They're back up and running by 2024. That's what I think would happen. Because I think Kaminga could be an all-star next year if he just got the minutes. Yeah, he, he only played two minutes this last He's game. very, very good. Poole is already there. Moody, whenever he plays, he can score. He can shoot. He can score. Um, you got you know guys like DiVincenzo. You still have Wiggins. I could see that them being like a seventh seed next year with those guys. And then twenty twenty four comes around, they do what they do best. They draft well, they sign well and trade well, and then they're back being the top five team in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think those are pretty good predictions for both those squads. Uh, the next series I wanted to talk about is um. Cleveland against New York Knicks. I think that's my next favorite series, personally, even though it's a 3-1 to series, too. Uh, I still think that one's a lot of fun. Um, in this last game, what did you see from the New York Knicks that you liked that makes them a dangerous team in this playoff? Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, best contract in the NBA. Everyone said the media hated it. You overpaid him. What are they doing? Bad signing. He's by far been the best point guard in the East this year. Media... Doesn't want to admit that they're wrong. That's why he didn't get the most improved player. He's a bona fide star. I mean, Julius Randle, playoff Julius. Regular season, Julius Randle is the most underrated player in the league. Awesome. Playoff, I know he's a little hurt right now, but playoff Julius Randle makes me want to take two scissors and just gouge my eyes out. (laughs) It's rough. He can't even make free throws. Yeah. He was breaking free throws. I could have rebuilt my home country of Palestine with all the bricks he was putting up last three games. <laughs> well, one thing I did like about 
him, though, in this game, and it wasn't a great game. He stopped shooting after 10 shots, that, basically. And Thibodeau finally put in, Knicks fans have been saying all along, put in Obi Toppin when Randall's not playing good. Obi Toppin had 10 rebounds. He had a couple shots. It was awesome. R.J. Barrett finally played like the number three overall pick they drafted him to be. He had a fantastic game. Josh Hart, that was the most underrated acquisition at the trade. I, I think deadline. this whole team is just underrated guys. Like, that's what that the was, entire team He played great. Yeah. He played great. So at least you got those, you got those guys. They're doing their jobs right now. Mitchell Robinson was – he kind of shut down Jared Allen and Mobley. Like, he was everywhere. He grabbed every rebound. He blocked every shot. He challenged every shot. That was a great game by Mitchell Robinson. He's really maturing as a player. He's found his role. He's doing it very well. If they just continue this, this defense, maybe Randall picks it up a little bit. That would help tremendously. Then I think they could win this series. Drop 3-1. Just gave it one more game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just this team is just so well constructed. I really think it is. It is. It's very well constructed. Every player on this team, like, knows their role, plays their role well. Like, every player on this team, like, I think it's an extremely unselfish team. Like, you go back to saying – Julius Randle stopped shooting. Like, he should, after 10 shots, most star players, you look at Donovan Mitchell in this game, he was bad, too, and he didn't stop until 18 shots. Julius Randle stopped at 10 shots. He was not, like, pissed off when he got, like, benched and split time with Obi Toppin later in the game. He was completely with it because he knew it would help the team win. As much as Julius Randle is hated on, I think he is one of the best teammates in the league. Yeah. Like, he know, like, every team he's been on, people always talk nice about him. People always say that he's a leader out there, and he's able to take over – and just be out there and play well. And then when he's having those bad games, he's able to just take that step back and let the other guy shine. And I think, you know, earlier in his career, he had struggles with that, like in New Orleans when he was – everybody forgets that year and stuff. Um, But he's just a much more mature player now and then fits well with the rest of this team, who's just, like we were saying before, the most underrated team in basketball. Every player on this team is, like, just a guy you're like, yeah, he's one of the most underrated players at his position. Like, everywhere. It's crazy. Um. Moving over to the Cavs a little bit, I asked this about the other series and stuff. Is there any shot they come back in this? They're the more talented team, but the way their offense is run this year, it, it I, first five, six games I was questioning, okay, so they're just feeling it out, but Darius Garland needs to be more aggressive. He's too good to just defer, defer, defer to Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's been taking too many shots the whole year. I was looking at all the box scores since game one. Why is Mobley only taking eight shots? Why is Mobile only taking 10 shots? Why is he only taking seven? They need to get the ball to their two big men. That was the strength of this team last year. Jared Allen, because, you know, obviously his dunks, his putbacks, his lobs, great threat there, but with his little left hand push and hooks and a little mid-range jump shot here and there, Mobley can do everything. They need to get the ball to those two. Murray, not Murray. Mitchell can't be taking 30 shots a game. It's not going to work. You're not going to do that against the Knicks. Beat the Knicks, you need everybody to do their part. That's how the Hawks beat them last time they were in the playoffs. Trey Young played great, but you know, DeAndre Hunter had his games. Bogdanovich, Gallinari, everyone chipped in. You're not gonna do that against Tom Thibodeau. You're just not. We saw the you know, Knicks, they're up nine at half, and then the Cavs came out on this huge run. Started third quarter, they had a three point lead. That's because Darius Garland was unstoppable. Every time he drove, he scored. He was making Jalen Brunson look you know, not like Jalen Brunson. That needs to continue. You got to get the two big men involved. You can't have both the big men being outproduced by Mitchell Robinson. Come on. Now. 
I like Mitchell Robinson. But and also Isaiah Hardenstein did a very good job on that. He, I don't think he scored in the game. But yeah, at least seven, eight rebounds, two blocks. He did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big issues is yes, you're not getting the ball to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley enough. The other thing is, like, on the other hand, Evan Mobley isn't the most aggressive player when he gets the ball, and that's kind of, like, the one big criticism with him right now is that he's not aggressive when he gets it. And then Jared Allen is such a one, like, he's a paint guy on defense, yeah. on offense. He's not coming out of that paint. Mobley needs to attack. Yeah, Randall's hobbling on one foot, mm-hmm. and Obi Toppin's not a great defender. Mm-hmm. He needs to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. He has the potential to. Giannis said, yeah, I, there's no reason why he can't be better than me. Mobley's that talented. He's very good. I think he he has the ability to be like, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. That's literally the player he could be. If he just gets more aggressive on offense, you know, maybe develops a shot in today's NBA, get a little bit out in the range. I think he has the ability to do yeah, that. He can kind of do that a little bit right now. He just he just doesn't do it. It's just one of those guys that's just like, eh, it's not really needed, but it, it is needed. I think I wouldn't be surprised, and I know a lot of people would be surprised by this because of the chemistry this team has, if Jarrett Allen was moved for a guy like Jonas Valanciunas. For the sole fact that Jonas Valanciunas is going to spread the floor for you guys a little bit and opens up the middle of the paint for Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to do what they like to do best, and that's give him Vucevic. I mean, that's another guy. I would guy. take that. I would take Jared Allen for Vucevic all day long. It's it's a guy that would fit a little bit better on this team. I think. I think Jared Allen's a great player. I think you know, talent wise, it fits, but scheme wise and the way that they want to play basketball, he doesn't fit. Yeah. So Mitchell's a driver. Garland's a little more on the perimeter. But, but, but he prefers to drive. Yes. You know, both of, both of them can shoot well from three, but they prefer to get in the paint. Yeah. Okoro's he's kind of more your defender type, Tony Allen type. Not the best job, but he wants to get to the paint, too. Uh-huh. And Mo, that's what Moby wants to do. Karis Levert wants to get in the paint. Yeah. All these, all these other guys on your team, they want to get in the paint, and then you're getting it clogged by two guys who don't want to get out of the paint. Right. That's, all, that's all that's happening right now. And, again, I think you could get a lot of value for Jared Allen. I think you could go out, like the Pelicans with Jonas Valanciunas, I think you could go out and get one more player from them too. Another guy to be like just a role player on the bench. Yeah. And they have, the Pelicans are a pretty deep team. I think they have like a lot a, of guys who like are young. Dyson Daniels. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Somebody like that. That's just kind of like a young guy who has the ability to be really good. Um, For the rest of the series though, I just, because the Cavs aren't as, I wouldn't say, they're just not as versatile as the Knicks. Yeah. And Knicks that's going to kill them. Yeah, they got a lot of different things they can attack you with like hey, every- we aren't even playing quentin grimes he was playing tremendous at the end of the year he's their best three-point shooter and he's getting dnps now they're not even playing derrick rose or and quickly that's MVP. really quickly didn't even score in this <laughs> game rose. yeah he played let's see here i didn't understand 19 minutes i didn't understand not playing derrick rose this whole season because they don't really have a backup point guard they'll put quickly in there at point guard but that's it they'll they've put been, mcbride in yeah there they've sometimes. been playing mcbride Recently. Is McBride really better than Derrick Rose at this point? He's younger. I think if you're Derrick Rose, this year they made the playoffs, he was the leading scorer in the playoffs. He played well last year before he got hurt, and then I don't think he fell off that much. I think I think that's more just the Knicks also like at the same time being like, we would like to develop our talent too that we have so yeah, like, which is very not Tom Thibodeau, but like yeah. at the same time, like yeah, I'm happy he's changing a little bit as a coach. He's not going to pull another Derrick Rose, they, hopefully. So. They need to win this series, the Knicks. They need yeah. it. Because if they lose, they blow the... the players don't want to play for Thibodeau. So if you're not even making it past the first round every time they get there, why would you want to keep him? But he's what they need. He's a good coach. He's done a great job. They need this. 
I think I think if they win this series and the Heat beat the Bucks, the Knicks could go to the finals oh, like that. Yeah. I don't think the Sixers and the Celtics are that good compared to like some other top teams in the league. The Knicks did well against both of those teams. Mm-hmm. If they just win one more game, Heat win one more game, they, they could go to the finals. That's what happened last time they made the finals when they were in eighth seed. They played Miami because something weird happened, and then they they beat my uh, Indiana in the conference finals on, on some crazy stuff. That could very well happen again. Mm-hmm. I I I think I would they would. They, I think they'd beat the Heat in six if they played. And then they're not going to lose any home playoff games. That crowd, that crowd is insane. They're on a different level. I don't even think it's a good thing for society that they're like that. <laughs> it just shows the crumbling of the society in America. What are you even talking about? The stuff they've been doing when they were spitting on Trey Young. Yeah. Come on now. Wild. They're crazy. Was, and they're, they're, their baseball fans are worse, dude. Like, it's just bad, the stuff they do. Probably doing like voodoo in there and stuff. <laughs> That's New York for you, I guess. Um, let's go on and talk about some of these other series that maybe aren't as exciting but are becoming a little more exciting. Let's start with the game that just happened, the Boston Celtics against the Atlanta Hawks. Ice, Trey, hitting a shot from 30 feet out to win this game and keep the Atlanta Hawks alive. Is there any chance they make a fight in this series? Yeah, maybe game six in Atlanta is not going to be an easy game. Mm-mm. It's not going to be easy. I think Quavo's going to be sitting courtside. You already know. Turning heart, him a, up. a grieving Quavo sitting courtside. You're going to have people in the barber. They have a barber shop in their stadium. Are you serious? Yes. That's so funny. The Hennessy um, will be flowing. <coughs> it's not going to be an easy game. Get, this is going to a game seven. You think? Wow. This is going, I don't know. I, I'm kind of liking what you both are saying. I think it's, it's going to be win. It's going to be hard to win in Atlanta if once they're going back. It's going to be very hard to win. And especially with a grieving Quavo, oh, dude. <laughs> like it's not, it's not going to be Gucci Mane will probably be the he he proposed to his wife at a Hawks game a few years ago. This could be a big, big deal, here, man. It's, it's gonna, it's not going to be easy. Um, do you think Dejounte Murray being out for this game? Do you think that helps Trey Young kind of just take over, kind of like what I was saying? Demonte Sabonis needs to do. Do you think that kind of happened? They should have never acquired Dejounte Murray. That made no sense. He's a good player, Dejounte Murray. But it's not a good fit. It's, yeah, that's what they need for this team, for the Hawks team to do what they need to do. Trey Young just needs to be able to do, shoot, get up thirty shots, ten plus assists, what he basically did today, thirty points. And then Hunter needs to be cool every now and then. Collins needs to make a few athletic plays, a couple, you know, threes. Um, Bogdanovich needs to be efficient, and they'll be fine. Get some type of production from the Okongwu Capella mismatch thing that they did. I don't know why they <laughs> have two centers it's like that. It's a, oh, such an odd team. <laughs> with Quinn Snyder, who was signed with like 10 games left, which was like. He's a good coach. I don't know is. why he wasn't hired for so long. I don't know why nobody else gave him a chance. He did so well with those Utah Jazz teams. And he was just kind of like sitting there. And the Hawks were like, yeah, I guess we'll give you a shot. They did the same thing with Nate McMillan, too. He was just kind of sitting out there. It was like, yeah, he's a good coach. He just doesn't have a job. <laughs> they gave him a job, and he sucked. And they're like, okay, Quinn Snyder, your turn. Such an odd team. Yeah. Um, do you think these you know, past couple of games and Atlanta Hawks bringing it uh, to a 3-2 series, do you think this is a bad sign for this Boston Celtics team? Yes. Do you think they no longer have a shot at that finals run? I haven't felt that way the whole year about 
They're not. They just don't pass the eye test for me. Yeah, they have Tatum and Brown, but their center, Robert Williams, is always going to get hurt. When they don't have him, their defense falls off tremendously. Al Horford's 37. I love Al Horford. He's just very old. Um, I just they have two. They have like three backup point guards that all play. Derek White. And they all Brogdon. play. They all play good enough to the point where you're like, you can't like take one of them out. Yeah, but you, but you also have to be like, well, they're not playing great enough to where they, we can give one guy. The and most then they minutes. just have like Joey Hauser out there and like randoms. They got Grant Williams isn't even playing anymore. Yeah. I don't Joe Mazzulla. I don't really don't even know anything about him. Other than when he got hired, Malika Andrews just decided to say, oh, yeah, he had a ticket for underage drinking when he was a freshman at West Virginia. Like, why do you know that first? Why do you need to say that? That's all I know about him now. <laughs> Tatum, you know how I feel about Tatum. Yeah, he's very good, but I've seen some games he just can't do anything. Brown is better, but Brown is mad at the organization he's leaving. He is bolting to Houston because they just, they just got Emu Doka. He is bolting to Houston as soon as the season's over. I just think this team is, they're not seeing eye to eye right now. If Embiid's healthy, they're losing to the Sixers. Oh, yeah. I think it's finally the year the Sixers beat the Celtics after eight tries. Three different core changes. (laughs) Um, With the Celtics team, if they lose the series, they lose the next series, Jalen Brown leaves. What's the next step for this team? Do you think Jason Tatum's going to be happy if all that happens? No, he won't be happy, but he's going to have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, he kind of has no choice. Uh, they gave him the Supermax. He ain't going anywhere, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it would just be Tatum. You're going to have aging Horford. It's going to be like a retooling phase. Do you think they have the ability to retool as well as like teams like the Bucks did or some other guys? For whatever reason, they still have like two first round draft picks every year, <laughs> so they're gonna have that. They Even still they haven't drafted well with those recently. Yeah. They still have Brogdon. They still have Robert Williams. They'll be okay, mm-hmm. but it's Boston. They'll figure it out. They always do. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hawks go on to lose this series, lose next series, kind of like what we were talking about with some of these other teams that are on the way up, what's the next step for this Hawks team to kind of get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and also be a championship contender now? See, the thing with them was they, they were never a good team. That was a very fluky, weird season in which they did make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But them is they just have to figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They got, they'll get a full off season with Quinn Snyder. That will help. they got to figure out what they're doing in the center position. Are we finally going to give the keys to Okongwu, our sixth overall pick? Are we going to keep Capella? you got to find a way to better use Murray and Young. It's not a good duo. I don't know. They're two ball-dominant point guards. I don't know why they did that. They gave up three for They got no first-round picks anymore either. They just have to figure out what we're trying to accomplish here. I, I don't know. Maybe wholesale changes. Maybe not. I don't know. Do you think they have... A brighter or less bright future than the Boston Celtics? Less bright. They don't have anyone that's as good as Tatum Brown. Yeah, Trey Young, but that's it. He doesn't play defense yet, at least. I mean, he's he's in the first. He's, he's wildly inefficient yeah. on most nights. He'll get 30, but it's going to take 30 shots. Yeah. 
Trey Young is a very controversial type of star because there's some you made case there's some games where he looks like a top five player in basketball. It's like oh, it's playoff Trey is actually a very good performer. But then he has the games where he's two well, two of ten from three and no defense and he's just not playing well. It, it reminds me a lot of a younger Damian. Like that's where I that's what I get. Less efficient. Yeah. Young Damian Lillard. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were still games where Damian Lillard, like, there's a reason he wasn't an All Star for like those couple years where people were like, oh, he should be an All Star game because he's dropping 28 points per game. But then you watch it, and he's he's doing the same thing. He was putting up 30 shots, making seven of them some games. Yeah. And I'm like, I think it could be that type of situation if they keep working with it too, where it's just kind of like stuck in. See, they'd be better mediocrity. off if Hunter could just stay healthy. Yeah, Hunter's very good. He's a good. huge part of that. Team. He's just always hurt. He's a huge like he plays. He's like their defensive leader. Yeah, he's good. Um, and then he's like one of the best. I think he's one of the most efficient players on that team. Very efficient. Because Dejounte Murray has his games where he looks very inefficient. Yeah. Um, you know Bogdanovich has his games where he like misses everything. Like whatever happened to Gallinari? Where did he go? Uh, he's on the Celtics. He doesn't play at all. He's on the Celtics. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> He just dis- I was like, where did he go? Well, he got hurt, and then he was on, like, the Thunder and got hurt again, and then he signed with the Celtics this offseason, I think, and then just never played for them. Like, they never really gave him minutes. They could use him right yeah. now. I mean, like, Collins sit, needs sit to sit on their bench. They you need to get rid of John Collins. He's regressing by the day. Do, do After you think- giving him a max deal, basically, 100 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's their other big problem is that, like, yes, you would – you would love if they could just move on from Murray and John Collins. But both of them are just getting paid right now. You they can't paid move everyone that. off that weird playoff run. Uh-huh. They paid Collins. They paid Capella. Well, they, Capella was Capella's already technically been, paid. When he's they he's making the money he deserves, I feel like. like he, For where he Maybe is. Maybe two years ago, not now. But, like, yeah. Yeah, for when they gave him the contract. And I think he's still top 10 center in the league. I mean, some people would argue top, like, seven. But. Right. Why does he didn't even get the minutes to do that? Yeah. He got O'Connell. I, think it's like, I never understood that pick. That was they both Okongwu and Hunter. It was just like, you know, you're drafting role players, right? Like, yes, they're both gonna be very good role players. Like, they both do their roles very well. But at the same time, you're like, you're drafting role players that high. That's weird, dude. It's weird. <laughs> Maybe not Hunter, but definitely Okongwu. Well, I think like for until like when he's not, he doesn't play consistently enough to say that I can say he's like the third or fourth star on this team. Yeah. He plays consistent enough to the point where I can say he's a very good role player. In like he's he's a good 80, 81 overall in two K. That's where he is, yeah. you know. So I I I don't know. I think this Hawks team does have a bright future. I think a lot of these star players are still very young. I think that's something we gotta we gotta focus on is that they're still extremely young team. Everybody on this team they have room to grow. Like Capella's not even thirty yet, right? So you have this roster that has the ability to turn it around. Whereas like when I'm looking at the Boston Celtics. They're very old, except for Jason Tatum, basically. And like Jalen Brown's not yeah. gonna be on this team. Like chances are he's not. I don't I don't want him to go to Houston though. I want James Harden to go back to Houston. Yeah, they're both gonna go. <laughs> you think they're both gonna go? Yeah. That would be such a crazy team, dude. But Jalen Green, Porter's gone. Alperin Sengun. <sighs> Jabari Smith takes the next up. I saw I saw that they all figured out they it was like I saw this two weeks ago. It was like they signed Emi Doku, which they just did. Uh-huh. They get a starting lineup of Harden, Green, Jalen Brown, Jabari, and Wemby. Because they're probably going to – very good chance of getting the number one overall pick. 
I don't know if they do. I think the draft uh, lottery is rigged. I, don't I think, think the Bulls are getting it. They need Chicago. That would be, be crazy, dude. I'm not dick. I wouldn't. I don't like Wemby. All those big guys like that, they never pan out. I'm not taking. I'm taking Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson looks like he's the NFL defensive end. He's I think. I think it depends on which team is taking that first overall pick. It's it's Wemby, no matter who. But I don't know. Like, I don't. I just don't. Those insanely tall dudes never work out. So I mean, sometimes, sometimes Giannis Yao Ming, worked out. That was Giannis is seven foot. That's he was six nine when he got drafted. I mean, we're talking good. seven five. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. There's just when you watch that kid play, dude, he's like, yeah, it's scary. It's yeah. terrifying. Yes, it's it's like I've watching. never seen somebody take a three and then put it back by himself. Yes. It's like that was coming of Christ. It's like insane. watching Wilt Chamberlain play against like the little white men of the 1950s. Like I don't know whoever's listening. I don't know if you saw this play from him. He literally took took a pull up three. Nobody boxed him out. It bricked off, and he just ran up and just slam put it back. Like that's insane. He looked like a created player when yes. he did that. He's yeah, he's very scary. I think I think the big thing is with him. I don't think it's going to be that like he's going to be like a bust because of how big he is. It's going to be can he stay healthy because of how yeah, like, that's big what I'm he talking is. about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I think Chet Holmgren's going to come in and still be a beast too. Like I think he's going to have a really good rookie year, second rookie year, whatever it is in the NBA. They're weird, um, but. I think if the Houston, or, uh, Oklahoma gets Victor Wembanyama, <sighs> imagine. Man. Honestly, even if Orlando gets him, that team, <sighs> all these young teams. I love all the young teams in the NBA, dude. They're all so much fun. I love them all. <laughs> I can't say that about every other one. You know what would be crazy? What? Oh, wait, never mind. That wouldn't happen. Sorry. <laughs> what were you going to say? The Knicks own the Mavericks pick, but if it's that high, it goes to the Mavericks. So I was like, if you get him on the Knicks with Randall. <laughs> Talk about a versatile team. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, what I was thinking. <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. Because for whatever reason, CBS Sports made a thing saying, oh, and the Bulls got Deros, it was a 1.8%. Like, well, why'd they be talking about the Bulls? So I was like, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. All right, folks, that is going to do it for the Blue Jay Boys tonight. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to tune in to us next week, same time, same place, 8 to 10 p.m. on WRSE on Tuesdays. We'll have another great show for you guys. If you guys missed any part of the show today, want to listen to something that you might have been zoned out on, uh, we will be posting the show on Spotify right after this, so stay tuned for that to listen to it either tomorrow or later tonight, again, if you just missed something, or you want to share it with somebody that you think would really like the show, we'd really appreciate it. Um, again, there's the giveaway going on for the two notebooks. Um, they're, again, super nice notebooks, like leather-bound, super heavy-duty. Very high quality. They are very high quality. Like, if you guys can see them, they're awesome. Um, be sure to go uh, onto the WRC Instagram. I think they posted the giveaway on there as well, so go check that out. But also make sure to call the number 630-941-8870. Uh, be the seventh caller either on one of the shows tomorrow um, or the next day. I think we're going to keep prolonging as long as we have them. So keep it up. Keep calling in. Uh, to win yourself some really nice notebooks. All right, guys, see you next week.